If you have your Bibles and you've turned to Exodus chapter 20, I would love to spend some time this morning talking with you about honoring our fathers and our mothers. Honoring our fathers and our mother. Um, when the, the, this comes at a very, I think, a very uh, suitable time for us because COVID-19 has done a really good job of forcing, forcing us to reckon with how we think about our elders. It's, it's a disease that in particular attacks our elders in a more severe way than it attacks most young people. And so there's been some calculations, some mental calculations that many of us have been undergoing saying, how much, uh, how much should we sacrifice for the sake of those that are older, for our, for our elders, for our mothers, and for our fathers? You know, I've reduced, I've reduced the, 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 the approach that I've taken to COVID. I've reduced it down to this. I'm trying to keep my mother living. That's simply how I've reduced it. There's a lot of other factors involved. There's a lot of economic factors that, that I'm sure and I'm confident we all should be taking into account. We, we do. There's a lot of factors in terms of people losing jobs. People are hungry. Our food lines are extending out more than they've ever extended. But, but, but I have placed at the forefront in this effort that we are taking to, to, to protect one another, I have placed at the forefront People like my mother, people that are of age, people that, that this virus may impact a little bit more significantly than, say, one, uh, say someone my age. And, and, and let's not take that for granted because it's impacting people our age as well. But, but, but I've been trying to calculate what does it mean to protect the elderly all while we are challenged to do all the other things. And we should do the other things, but we should never do the other things at the cost of the elderly. We should do the other things in addition to protecting the elderly. Yes, let's jumpstart the economy. Yes, let's get schools started. Yes, let's do all of those things in addition to protecting the elderly. And I think this text is the reason why I feel that way. As we discussed in the beginning of this, this series on the Ten Commandments, which, you, which if you miss, you can catch up by subscribing to the YouTube page that you're on this morning. But, but, but the, the full and extensive Old Testament law is well over 600 commands, and yet Jesus tells us that the whole of the law is wrapped up in just two commands. Love the Lord with everything you have. And love your neighbor with the same intensity and intentionality and ferocity that you love yourself. The Ten Commandments are a slightly bigger version of that love God, love neighbor summary. With the first four commandments out of the ten focused on loving God. And the last six focused on loving our neighbors to which we turn our attention to now and for the remaining uh, remaining portion of this sermon series. As we have also discussed before, the order makes sense because the foundation and the fuel for the last six is found in the first four. You see, we can't stop coveting unless we confront our idolatry. 
We can't stop lust and anger without confronting our limitations and our vulnerability and our need for God when we take Sabbath. You see, the first four gives us what's needed for the last six. But the first four also reminds us that our lives ultimately begin in God. He is the source of life, and thus our commitment to him takes priority over everything, even our commitment to one another. In fact, our commitment to him guides all of our other commitments. It would then make sense that the very next commandment would be a commandment for our parents. Exodus 20 and 12, and it reads, honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. If God takes priority in the 10 as the life giver, it would make sense that the parents would follow since the parents are the vessels that God uses to give us that life. In fact, this is what one theologian says of the connection between the priority on God in the 10 and the priority on parents in the 10. He says this, just as the relationship with Yahweh is the beginning of the covenant, so this relationship between parents and children is the beginning of society. The inevitable point of departure for every human relationship. The first relationship beyond the relationship with Yahweh, who according to the Old Testament is the giver of life, is the relationship to father and to mother, who together are channels of Yahweh's gift of life. No other human relationship is so fundamental, and none is more important. The early church father Augustine summarized that lengthier statement made by one theologian with this shorter one. Listen. If anyone fails to honor his parents, is there anyone he will spare? End quote. In this text, honor is the same word used for the glory of God. It means, it literally means heavy, weighty. And thus, we have to deal with the weight of honor first when we talk about honoring our parents. There should be a heaviness to the way in which we look at and regard our parents. Honor means to treat them with weightiness. It means to treat them with heaviness. Parents are held in high regard, unlike any other relationship that we find in Scripture. Their responsibility first is tremendous. They are called to shepherd the next generation in the way of the Lord. They're called to carry the ordinances and the statutes on to the next generation. The commands and the instructions of the Lord, they are called to carry and they are called to train those beneath them and under them in the ways and the uh, commands and instructions of the Lord in order that they might follow them. Parents are God's vessels to deliver life in this world. They are God's vessels to protect and sustain life in this world. And they are God's main natural conduit in imparting imparting, rather spiritual life in this world. You see, saints, the greatest indicator 
Not the only indicator. There are exceptions. There are many beautiful and and wonderful exceptions. But the greatest indicator of a child embracing the salvation of Jesus is a family rearing him in the gospel or rearing her in the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the reason God gives weightiness to them. And this is the reason that he distributes severe penalties in the Old Testament when they are disregarded. Parents I'm talking about. Leviticus chapter 20, verse 9, it says, For anyone who curses his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. He has cursed his mother. He has cursed his father. His blood is upon him. Exodus 21 and 17 says, Whoever curses his father or his mother shall be put to death. Deuteronomy chapter 27, verse 16 says, Cursed be anyone who dishonors his father or his mother, and all the people shall say, Amen. Proverbs 20 and 20 says, if one curses his father or his mother, his lamp will be put out in utter darkness. Proverbs 30, 17 says, the eye that mocks a father and scorns to obey a mother will be picked out by the ravens of the valley and eaten by the vultures. The Apostle Paul captures the seriousness of honoring parents When he discusses the last days with his young apprentice, Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, it says, But I understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents. According to Paul, among other things, the increase of disobedience to parents is a telltale sign that we are living in the last days. You see, our lack of honor of our parents is no small thing. Our lack of honor of our elders is no small thing. There is a weightiness to how we regard our parents. How do you regard your parents? especially the honorable ones among us. We will deal with the not-so-honorable parents in just a moment. But how do you regard the honorable parents among us in particular? How do you regard their instructions? Do you treat respect as optional for them? Do you treat regard for them as optional? See, our regard for the honorable elders and parents among us is a reflection of our regard for all people. Remember what Augustine said, he who will not respect and honor his parents, who will he not spare? Or who will he spare? Even more importantly, it is a reflection of our regard for God because it is God who institutes the the command and the call to honor them. And so our dishonor is a dishonoring of God. Our disregard is a disregard for God. That's the heaviness that we are dealing with when we talk about the call and we talk about the command. Let's look at the reward because there is a reward in this text. The weight obviously is reason enough to honor them, but God's command doesn't end with the weight. He actually attaches with the weight a reward. He says again in verse 12, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. 
This promise is an interesting one for a host of different reasons. One reason is because we often make it a promise to individuals when it is more so aligned with a community of people. Read it again. Verse 12, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. This is more than just simply an assurance of long life. Remember, the Israelites were just freed from bondage from Egypt or bondage to Egypt. And now they were heading to this new land and God was saying to them, do you want to stay in this new land for a long time? Produce the kind of culture in which authority is honored and cherished. Create a culture of disregard. Create a culture of disrespect for elders and parents. And your stay in the land will be brief. Because the kind, that kind of culture will feed on itself. That kind of culture isn't sustainable. A culture that disregards authority, a culture that disregards its elders and casts them aside, that culture isn't sustainable. That culture does not lead to flourishing. In fact, one theologian points out that this expression, live long in the land, in verse 12, is a Hebrew phrase for the fullness of God's blessing. It means to have an abundant life. And so the disregard snatches the abundant life from us. When we disregard the command to honor and esteem our parents and elders, we do more than just shorten individual life clocks. We forfeit living in the fullness of God's community blessing. Look high and look low. Look far and look wide. You will not find a single society who carries low regard for their elders that is a growing society and a flourishing society. Societies like that are typically turning in on themselves. They are decaying slowly from the inside. They are feeding and feasting on themselves. We don't have to look very far. We can start with our own. The growing expendability of our parents is a sign of our decay. It is a sign of our increased selfishness. It is a sign of our increased slavery to our own success and our own technology and our own entertainment. A lack of regard for the elders is a lack of regard for wisdom. It is a lack of regard for experience and knowledge. It is a lack of regard and value for godly lives that have been tried and that have been tested and that have been proved. Now, I watch some of the young folk of our day and some of the people my age who mock and discount the struggles of our elders that fought and marched in, civil, in the civil rights movement, that paid the ultimate price with their lives, that paid the ultimate price with their health and well-being. And they say smug things like, I mean, you better... You, you better come correct with me because I'm not, I'm not my grandmama. I'm not, I'm not my mama. I'm not my granddaddy. I'm not my great-granddaddy. 
almost in some ways mocking the struggle, mocking the work and the labor that they underwent in order to put us where we are. That is not an expression of progress, saints. That's an expression of regression. So when we think about this promise, we wouldn't necessarily connect it to the child that dies an early death. That's what we typically do is we, we look at this promise, we see somebody that died early and say, oh, they must have been disobedient to their parents. This passage is pointing to something bigger than that. Sometimes, in fact, death comes in individual cases with younger people for a host of different reasons. Nothing agitated me more when my sister died than people wondering out loud whether or not it was because my sister was disobedient to my mom. It's like, are you kidding me? I was far worse than she was and I'm still here. What are you talking about? Disobedience to parents sometimes, sometimes yes, that produces short lives, but disobedience to parents isn't, isn't, isn't always the reason why we, lo- we lose the young at an early age. Many martyrs in the Christian faith died early deaths in complete and total obedience to their parents. Jesus being the firstborn among them. Now there are, of course, some dangerous implications for an individual to live a lifestyle of disregard and disrespect for parents. We don't want to discount that. Many grown men and many grown women are sitting in jail cells to this day saying, I should have listened to mama. And to this day are saying, I should have listened to daddy. So the ignoring and disregard of parents, even ones that are far from perfect, can have dire and deadly consequences. But again, what this text is pointing to is a national and cultural and societal posture. You see, the culture that lowers its regard for the elders who paved the path before them is a culture that's in decline. As I reflect on this, it heightens my concern for our own culture. It heightens my concern for the American church because it's quite possible that our casual disregard for our elders in this hour may be speaking to something deeper that, 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 that than, just a, than just a jump start to the economy. Scripture says that if anyone does not provide for the relatives, his relatives, or especially the members of his own household, he has denied the faith and he is worse than an unbeliever. And when it speaks to that, it's speaking in particular to the elders of a family, the matriarchs, the patriarchs. If there's no concern and compassion and regard, it speaks to the lack of faith, a lack of maturity. Saints in all seasons, including this COVID season, we have to make sure that in our haste to live our lives or in the case of this season, get our lives back to normal, we have to make sure that we honor those who made those lives possible. This is what God delights in. Let's talk a little bit about the difficulty of that honor. Again, the weight of the honor, the the reward of the honor, but the difficulty of the honor. Because, because, I, because I can hear some of you saying, even as I'm preaching this, I can hear you in my ears. What if it ain't easy, pastor? What if my mother and what if my father was not honorable? 
What if my mother or my father abandoned me? What if my mother or my father abused me verbally, physically, or, or God forbid, even sexually? In other words, is it reasonable or fair to call me to honor parents who parented dishonorably? That's a difficult question, so I'm going to try to answer it in, 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 a, in, a, in a layered sort of way. Number one, when faced with parental situations like these, I feel like the opportunities to honor our parents will often have to come without placing ourselves directly in the line of fire to suffer more of their abuse. In other words, sometimes the best way to honor them in situations like these is to forgive them, to let go of the hurt that they've caused you, and to remain distant. Sometimes there is no other way to honor them without putting yourself in harm's way than to keep that distance, but to let go of the hurt. Again, I'm not saying you have to be best friends with them, but to let go. Again, relationship isn't always possible. But release is. Relationship requires two willing parties to work, right? Release, however, only requires the offended to make a decision to let go of the offense. So honoring dishonorable parents sometimes begins with simply letting go of the pain their dishonor has caused you. Jesus calls us to such a life. But he never declares in calling us to their life that such a life would be easy. He commands us, for example, to love our enemies. He never tells us that it would be easy. He commands us to offer the other cheek when someone slaps us on the first. He never tells us it will be easy. He commands us to forgive seven times 70, and he never tells us that it will be easy. And none of these commandments, none of these instructions to us are optional instructions or debatable instructions for him. In fact, they are at the very heart and root of Christian living. To be Christian means to forgive because we've been forgiven. However, Jesus doesn't just stop in instructing us. Jesus goes as far as modeling this call for us. He forgives Peter for his betrayal, for example, when Peter denies ever knowing him. On the day in which he was unjustly tried and convicted on trumped-up charges, he forgave. On the day in which the sins of the world were placed on his back, the day in which he was mocked and scorned, the day in which nails pierced his hands and his feet, the day in which, gasping for air, he cried out to his father, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And every day after, when those of us who have placed our hope and our trust in him fail to walk in accordance to his ways and, and sin in our thoughts and in our words and in our deeds, he without a moment's notice offers forgiveness to us. And those who have yet to place our hope and trust in him, when we live reckless, disobedient, enemy-like lives against God, and we, and, and, we, and, we, and we wave our fist at God, and we say, I'll never obey you. The day that we cry out to the Lord and say, Lord, take me, he's there to answer and receive us. 
Jesus knows that forgiveness doesn't come easily. He knows because he spilled blood for it. And yet, he still forgave. And yet, he still forgives. And he encourages us to follow him, saints of God, in his example. So for many of you watching this morning, honoring a dishonorable and broken parent will begin with just simply taking the step to forgive them for all the pain that they've caused you. Releasing that offense. Releasing those offenses and entrusting them into the hands and in the, in the wisdom of a savior who knows best how to deal with it. Maybe there are more steps after that, that will follow. Maybe there are more steps that'll lead to possible restoration. And maybe, maybe any other steps would be too toxic or too dangerous. That's, 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 that's more than this sermon can address. I don't know the steps after. I, we, we, we would have to have a lot of consultation, a lot, a lot of counsel, a lot of prayer, a lot of weeping. So if that's you today, I want to encourage you to pray on it. I want, to, I want to encourage you to ask the Lord for wisdom and direction. And I also want to encourage you to seek the counsel of wise and emotionally healthy and, and, and biblically sound friends and mentors and leaders and even counselors to help you navigate those next steps. But the first step, God's grace is release. That's how you honor Now, let me say this before we jump into the second part of my answer to this question. Is it reasonable or fair to call me to honor parents who parented dishonorably? Let me make something abundantly clear. The fifth commandment is not an allowance for abuse. An abusive parent, first and foremost, requires accountability. I've read and I've heard more stories than I ever wanted to from people or of people using calls to honor parents as cover for abusive practice. This is, this is, this is not pleasing to God. Any parent that abuses their authority verbally, physically, or even sexually must be met with the proper measure of accountability and never let anyone manipulate you into thinking differently. One more caveat. The fifth commandment is not an allowance to disobey God. When the apostles declared that they must obey God rather than man, they were making a declaration that God's authority supersedes all other authority, even that of our parents. When the apostle Paul wrote to the church in Ephesians chapter 6 and instructed the children to obey their parents, he said, obey your parents in the Lord. He was communicating the expectation that parents were raising their children in the fear of the Lord and therefore the kids were obligated to obey. However, when parents were leading their children away from God, maybe by minimizing God's priorities in life or by encouraging them to sin against God, the children must choose the Lord. Remember, it was Jesus who said in Matthew 10, verse 37, whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. So sometimes when, when we are required to juggle between honoring our, honoring our parents and honoring God, we must always honor God. Now, another caveat and word of caution 
There are times where people also turn this around and they use honor of God as an excuse to disobey God in this commandment. And the clearest example that we have is in the Gospels, where Jesus chastises those who would say, Mom and Dad, I can't help take care of you because I have to give more offerings to the church. And he responds to this faulty logic by saying, in doing so, in doing this, you are thus making void the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down. And so we can't, we can't allow honor of God to, or honor of mom and dad to disrupt honor of God, but we can't allow any, a false honor of God to disrupt the call to honor mom and dad. Now, let me deal with the second part of my answer to the question, is it reasonable or fair to call me to honor parents who parented dishonorably by addressing why you should do it? You know, oftentimes when many of us are, are thinking about honoring our parents or honoring parents in general, the reason for doing so typically lands squarely on the parents. And that's understandably so. They brought you into this world. They provided for you. They equipped you. They prepared you. And all of these are reasons to bestow honor. The late hip-hop artist Tupac Shakur's mother, Afeni Shakur, actually outlived her son by 20 years. But during his life, he took time to honor his mother with a song called Dear Mama. You remember it. It's one of the few that I probably can quote from the pulpit. He said, you always was committed, a poor single mother on welfare. Tell me how you did it. There's no way I can pay you back, but the plan is to show you that I understand you are appreciated. Imperfect mom. Had a rough relationship with his mom, and yet, in the end, honored and appreciated her. Why? Because through it all, he could see a woman that reflected the same things that we just talked about above. A provider, an equipper, a preparer, a nurturer. And yet, this is where the Christian life shifts significantly from the unbeliever's life. This is where the Christian's understanding of honoring parents shifts significantly from the unbeliever's understanding of honoring parents. Because, see, these are all legitimate reasons to honor parents, but none of them are the reason for honoring parents. The reason to honor parents is because our God commands that we honor them. Our God rewards us when we honor them. Our God models honoring them. And our God empowers us to honor them. There's a certain weight we will assign our parents even if they weren't or even if they aren't good parents because our God calls us to honor them. And our God is a good father. Our God is a good father. Parent. Thus, when he calls us to honor them, we can honor them not because they're good. We can honor them because he's good. Family, I'm saying that you can forgive them because God forgave you. I'm saying you can release them from not loving you because your heavenly father loved you and loves you. I'm saying you can release them from not providing for you because the Lord was and is Jehovah Jireh, your provider. I'm saying that you can give them something of what they didn't earn because God has given you himself. The psalmist in the 27th Psalm writes these words. 
Verse 7, hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. O you who have been my help, cast me not off. Forsake me not, O God of my salvation. And here's here's the good part. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. For those without honorable parents this morning, brothers and sisters, God is the honorable father that we've longed for. His presence gives us the freedom to release the pain and the hurt and the shame of the brokenness in so many of our homes. Some of you have carried that hurt with you practically all of your life, but you can say with the psalmist today, though my father and my mother have forsaken me, the Lord will and has taken me in. Lastly, while we can pursue to honor our parents, both those worthy of honor and those who squander their honor, Let's make one thing clear this morning. We cannot, nor will we ever be able to do it perfectly. There is not a soul watching this broadcast this morning that can say that I have obeyed my parents perfectly. I have obeyed mom perfectly. I have obeyed dad perfectly. I have respected all of their wise counsel and decisions. I've listened when they said go right and they were right. And and I've listened when they said go left and they were right. I've always regarded their well-being like I should. None of us have fulfilled this commandment perfectly. And like all commandments that come down from God, our disobedience is not just an offense against the humans that we've sinned against. Our disobedience is an offense to the holy and righteous God who commands us to obey. All of us have disobeyed and all of us deserve what the commandment calls for when it is broken which we heard earlier this morning is death. And yet we are given grace. Why? Because of Jesus. Jesus came and fulfilled all commandments perfectly, even the command to honor his parents. He went down, Luke chapter 2 verse 51 says, he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. Perfect in every way, far wiser than his parents, far holier than his parents, and yet submissive to them. He obeyed them. In fact, the only time we find Jesus pushing back was when his heavenly father's will took precedence over his parents' instruction. Remember in Luke 2 when they were looking for him and searching for him, and after three days they found him in the temple sitting among the teachers, the scripture says, listening to them and asking them questions, and all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. It was only when he was called to do the Father in heaven's will that he pushed back against the Father on earth's will. And even all the way to the end, what do we find? We find Jesus hanging on a cross, gasping his last breath, and looking to one of his disciples and saying, take care of my mother. He honored his parents 
perfectly so that imperfect honorers could find grace. As he was saying, honor his, uh, honor his, as he was honoring his mother and saying, take care of my mother, he was taking care of us by dying on a cross for our sins and becoming the perfect sacrifice for us in order that our dishonor would not lead to a casting aside, but our dishonor could be hung on the back of the Savior who honored perfectly. And so there is none of us that will ever obey perfectly while we pursue to to, to honor our parents. We will not do this perfectly, but yet there is one who has. And so like all the other sins that are upon your shoulders this morning, I call you to lay them upon his to trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, to cast your pursuit of righteousness aside because he has pursued righteousness on your behalf. He has made the way. Embrace him, accept him as Lord in order that you might be found righteous, not based on your works, not based on your perfect record of honoring your mom and your dad, but based on his. Embrace him today as Lord And as Savior, honor your parents, honor your elders, and when you fail, run right back to Jesus. Let's pray. God, we love you so much, and we just ask and pray this morning.